So hello, welcome to another Pharmacy and Practice podcast. Um, really interesting guest with us today. So this is a bit of an interview we've set up with uh, Leila Hambeck. Leila is currently Chief Executive of the Association of Independent Multiple Pharmacies. Have I got that right, Leila? Yes, it's a mouthful, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you got it right. Good stuff, good stuff. So listen, where, whereabouts, I always ask folk this, whereabouts are you... Uh, beaming in from today where are you based i'm based in st albans um a nice town um just um 20 minutes away from london by train so we're we're going to chat about all things pharmacy today aren't we um particularly community pharmacy obviously as a chief exec of of aim um you've got a, a specific uh, interest in, in community pharmacy do you want to do you want to fill the listeners in on, on your background um, in terms of um, where you've worked over recent years and what, what sort of work you've contributed to? Because you've, you've done loads in pharmacy. Yeah, so um, my journey started in, in Sweden where I was studying. Um, I am um, originally from Finland um, and I studied pharmacy in Sweden at Uppsala University. And so I uh, started my career as a, a clinical advisor um, and actually this was like a, a, a desk job but um, the reason why I wanted to actually go into pharmacy was really that sort of patient interaction um, because I thought um, you know it would be great to kind of advise patients um, face to face and and have that interaction with them on a regular basis so I swapped into current pharmacy and then I moved um, to the UK in 2004, to Newcastle, and um, I started as a branch manager um, with Moss Pharmacy, which then became Alliance, which then became Boots, and then um, worked my way up to, um, you know, work on an area level uh, in, in management, and then um, moved into the independent um, sector and worked for a small pharmacy chain in the Northeast before uh, moving to St Albans to take up uh, a role at the MPA as the head of information services. So then I uh, worked my way up to um, director of pharmacy and chief pharmacist um, at the MPA. And then in 2019, I was um, asked to take up the role as the chief executive of AIM. And um, here we are. Would you describe yourself as a pharmacy leader? Oh, that's a very difficult question, Jonathan. <laughs> um, well, I am in a in a in a position where I can put across um, the cause of pharmacy, um, which is um, which, in my view, is um, a great position to be because I'm passionate about the profession, and um, I, I I want to make sure that we always get the best thing for this profession in this sector because I know how much hard work we put into what we do um, and sometimes it's underappreciated and it's um, unseen by others and it as a pharmacist it hurts me a lot many times when I see that happening um, and I want to make sure that um, I put across um, what we do as a profession in the sector at every opportunity that I'm given. And do you think, do you think the, I'm just being nosy now, I wasn't expecting to go down this route, but do you think 
because I'm I think your view on this is really important. Like, do you think the activity of a pharmacist is a profession or a professional activity in the purest sense of the the definition of a profession? Do you do you know what I mean? Do you think we do you think we behave collectively like a profession? Um, I think pharmacy is a profession, obviously, and you know your question is whether we behave as a profession. I think our sector is very, our, our profession is very diverse, isn't it? We've got uh, pharmacists working in hospitals, pharmacists working in primary care, pharmacists working in community. Um, so it, it's a very diverse, diverse profession, and each has its um, its strength. And I think one thing that we could perhaps do more of um, is to kind of understand a bit more about each part of our profession and uh, what we all do and what we all stand for. Um, and I think another thing that we could do a bit more of perhaps is to have more unity um, as a profession, coming together and, and standing by each other. I see that a lot happening with the doctors. Um, and I think, you know, we do, we do a lot of that too, but more. And I think another thing as, as, as a profession um, that we do quite a lot is that we, we are very, very much critical of ourselves and um, we don't always stop and, and think about, you know, and praising ourselves enough, I guess. Um, mm. We are very easily, you know, convinced that, oh, we should have delivered more, we should have done this, or we should have done that. But I think we need to stop and actually um, value ourselves more as a profession. And I think if I would put my finger on something in terms of like what we should be doing in terms of like putting ourselves more out there is first starting by valuing ourselves more um, as a profession. Because what we do, and particularly during the pandemic, it came across very, very clear that pharmacy has a big place in the society um, as healthcare professionals. And so we need to kind of have that confidence and that value in ourselves and, and really appreciate ourselves what we are doing rather than criticizing ourselves and yeah, looking at where we have shortcomings. It's interesting, isn't it? Um... I know. I know you've got an interest in in business. I think you've got you've got a doctorate, if I'm not mistaken, in that area. Um, so I know you're you've you've got a keen interest in change management. And to be honest, Leila, looking in from the outside, like you you've done a huge amount to raise raise the profile of pharmacy. You know, cut through cut through to the mainstream and so on and so forth. But it's detail. Like I'm being a typical pharmacist here, but detail matters. So. I noticed you use the word pharmacy. So by pharmacy, do you mean like the pharmacy, community pharmacy network, or do you mean the pharmacist? And off the back of that question, I guess the other question off the back of that is, what is the value proposition of a pharmacist and a community pharmacy, if we're speaking in business terms? Um, when I talk about pharmacy, I talk about pharmacy, the profession. Um, so it's it's kind of I'm, I'm I'm kind of bringing all of different parts of pharmacy together under that terminology, mm -hmm. um, rather than segmenting it into community pharmacy, hospital pharmacy, you know, primary care pharmacy, and 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 so on. So that's 
kind of what I'm what I'm referring to. And in terms of like value proposition, you know, when you think of, when when you think about community pharmacy, I believe community pharmacy is the face of pharmacy, the face of our profession. Why? Because there are, you know, we've got community pharmacies in every community and on high streets and so on. And that's many times is the first thing, the first interaction someone has with a pharmacist. And so for me, it's very important how, you know, that's sort of how that face is is out there and, and, and what it portrays to to the public. Um, and I also believe that, and this is my perception and, and based on um, my experience, that community pharmacy is where the most patient interaction happens. And again, that is very important because it's the sort of, um, you know, picture that we're given of who we are as a profession um, to the outside, to the, to, to the public. And that's why what I was, you know, when I was talking about, you know, the, the, the confidence and, and the value and all of that, I, you know, very, we, we are very professional people and, you know, go over and beyond for, for our patients, over and beyond. I mean, if I look at my own experience, I remember every day leaving community pharmacy, I was thinking, going through my head, everything that I had done for that day in terms of like all the uh, prescriptions that I had um dispensed and all the MURs that I had done and all the interactions that I have been having with 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 the patients to just make sure that I haven't done anything wrong and you know if, if there was something that I needed to do at night a, you know delivering something to a patient you know I left no stones unturned I did that because I definitely wanted to deliver that patient care so we are very caring professionals um and go over and beyond believing in what we do um but but sometimes we lack that self-confidence that you know stopping and thinking about oh well um we need to value ourselves a little bit more i think i think the whole value thing is is that's a really interesting answer i think i think the whole value thing is is fascinating um do you think do you think that the because we're going to come on to speak about workforce that 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 is one of the big topics at the moment you know so do you think in in the spirit of you know the pharmacy ecosystem let's focus on because you're right uh pharmacy as a profession in inverted commas is very broad we go all the way from highly specialist um hospital pharmacists all the way through the continuum to to people working in isolation in community pharmacy so in community pharmacy do you think the balance of power is is good at the moment between employees and uh, employers in pharmacy. I'm speaking about pharmacists. I just I can only speak um, on behalf of what I see and what I experience with our members. Um, and I know, I mean, we do talk regularly, um, you know, with our members. And I know that um, the stories I'm hearing about how they go over and beyond to protect their teams. Um, I have seen, um, you know, on social media, how uh, retired team members, when they retire, the sort of lovely stuff that they write about. 
um, you know, the pharmacy teams that they have been working with and, and so on and recommending it um, to others. So I can only speak on behalf of our members and I can say that they do really value the work that, um, you know, the pharmacists put in and they provide training and they, they make sure that the workforce is looked after. I mean, during the pandemic, one of the things that I was hearing right from the beginning is the worry a lot of the a lot of our members had about the safety of their teams. Um, you know, in terms of like, you know, and sometimes people think um, employers only want to chase, you know, where the money is and and so on. But I have seen for myself how people have not wanting to, you know, deliver uh, certain services during the pandemic because they felt that it may put, um, you know, pharmacy teams at risk of uh, coming into contact with um, people who um, were, you know, infected with COVID and, you know, risks and all of that. So, you know, I know that um, some work needs to be done across um, the the sector in terms of like looking at workforce because currently um, obviously we are in a situation where um, community pharmacy is um, struggling with with workforce and um, you know there are various reasons um, behind that um, there are some realities that we have to be alive to in that mm. um, when you are in community pharmacy as I said um, you have much more interaction with the patient. And many of the times that interaction is very rewarding, very rewarding. Um, but there are also times when the situation becomes abusive and you put up, you know, you kind of put up with quite, a, a, you, know, uh, you know, some abusive patients and, and so on. And um, things get busy, particularly, you know, again, during the pandemic, we all saw, you know, community pharmacy, you know, getting all sorts of people coming in, wanting to get their prescriptions and the shortages that we deal with on a regular basis, um, you know, trying to chase, you know, medicines and finding them and chasing prescriptions and all of these sort of things. And I think, you know, but there are also so many other rewarding things in, in, in the sector, in the community pharmacy. Mm. And to answer your question, from our members' perspective, I know they're doing everything that they can to make sure that their workforce is, is looked after. And, um, and you know, as a sector, we need to sit down and think about how we can make community pharmacy more attractive to, um, to future, you know, students, to current um, workforce, um, and, and, you know, look at various different elements around how things mm -hmm. could be improved, uh, but also things that are outside of our sphere of influence that we need to lobby um, to get right. I think, yeah, definitely, definitely. So I think it's interesting, isn't it? And it's not, I think, I don't want to come across like I'm trying to pit, you know, put sort of like pharmacy owners against pharmacists, but the conversation is about workforce. So, you know, the bargain with the pharmacist is basically, here's some money. I want you to do X, Y, and Z service, and this is what I'll do to train you, and, and these are all the terms and conditions. So if if we're trying to fix the workforce problem, assuming I think you, you agree there is a problem, um, 
and I think there's some statistics, um, various sources that would that would to some degree back that up that that pharmacists are finding community pharmacy somewhat less attractive. We need to understand the problem though. So, what do you think pharmacists who work for your members say in the tea room when your members are not listening? Mm, um, again, this is what I am picking up and I'm seeing for myself in terms of like testimonials mm -hmm. that are put on social media by pharmacists and by members of uh, teams that have worked for my members. And, and, you know, to be honest, things that I have seen talk really positively about the way they have been treated. Um, but as I said, community pharmacy is an environment where, you know, you you are, you know, you, you have a lot of interaction with patients. You, you know, it, it's constant going. Um, so, you know, when you start, um, you know, nine o'clock in the morning, when you open your doors and, you know, patients start coming in, you you, you are on your feet and you, you're working and, and you're going um, through things. And and, um, and I think as we go forward and, and more services are being introduced in, in, into community pharmacy in terms of like, um, pharmacists delivering more clinical services, um, the skill sets will be um, used more, our clinical skill sets will be used more. I think one of the feedback that um, I think a lot of people had about community pharmacy was that, um, you know, perhaps community pharmacy is not clinical enough or you don't get to use your clinical skill sets. But this is something that is changing as we go forward and, and as more pharmacy, uh, you know, as, as, you know, as more services pharmacy gets involved in. So, um, I think it's, you know, that element is, is being looked into. I think there are some other um, challenges in that, for example, um, pharmacy doesn't always have a level playing field. Community pharmacy doesn't always have a, a level playing field. Um, mm -hmm. In that, for example, when we look at um, GP practices um, and, 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 you know, obviously you've seen the statistics in that, um, quite a large number of pharmacists have been going to work in, in GP practices um, and um, and this trend is, is continuing and uh, there was a um, you know push by NHS England to to get more pharmacists working in, in GP practices so the GPs are funded um, you know they get part funded for recruiting pharmacists into um, their practices which again mm -hmm. doesn't really put community pharmacy on a, on a same level playing field um, and sometimes you look at, okay, so what are the services that GP practice pharmacists are, are delivering? And could those services be delivered through community pharmacy or by a collaboration between community pharmacy and GP practices, rather than having the pharmacist actually working in the GP practice? Um, how could we look at a, a model where um, you know, that collaboration could be boosted um, you know, when, when you have you know, the community pharmacist in community delivering those sort of patient, uh, you know, face-to-face -face patient care and so on, but also working collaboratively with GP practice. Um, so it's, you know, there's certain elements that is outside of our influence. Um, having said that, you know, on, when, when it comes to, you know, the challenges that we're currently having with uh, a big migration of uh, pharmacists and pharmacy technicians from not just community pharmacy, but also from hospital pharmacy, into GP practices. Um, these are the sort of um, challenges that I have raised with NHS England and I had 
um, a meeting uh, with senior members of NHS England um, just beginning of August, and and we discussed about this um, in terms of like how we could address some of these some of the issues um, mm. around around that. Um, so I think I, I I think you know while some things are within the sphere of influence of community pharmacy, there certainly are things that are not within the sphere of influence of community pharmacy, um, and 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 the sector not having a level playing field, and those sort of things need to be um, addressed. And you know, I'm talking, you know, as a pharmacist myself, um, you know, others may have a different view to me about this, but most of our profession are employees. Okay, so most community pharmacies, um, you know, apart from those who who establish their own, you know, pharmacy. Um, you know, the vast majority uh, of us are working, um, you know, for as an as an employee. And I'm thinking, you know, when we are talking about value, uh, you know, valuing ourselves, putting ourselves at, at an equal par with the medics and, and so on. How does that look like when a big portion of our profession works for the medics? How how? How would that sort of equality and, and that sort of equal positioning move forward if a big chunk of our sector is, is our GP employees? Mm. And and I'm so, not saying it's it's I'm not saying it's bad working for the GPs or you know it, but I'm just saying there are other ways of working with GPs. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, there are other so ways the of, of collaborating between community and GP practices. And is it necessary? you know, the way things are at the moment for GPs to be paid to recruit pharmacists to work for them? I think, I think, I think how community pharmacy and the network is perceived, I mean, it, it, it has to be said, it, it varies across the UK, doesn't it? Um, and the, you know, the relationship with government um, and and you know, by proxy, the NHS, who are our, our main, you know, community pharmacy networks main customer, varies as well. I mean, the relationship in Scotland is clearly very close at the moment, and mm -hmm. and the, the funding seems to be um, steady, if not growing somewhat. Um, England doesn't seem to be the same. I, I find it interesting. What I'm, I'm maybe, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here. Maybe reading between the lines. Is it fair to say, based on what you've said, that that your members feel aggrieved that pharmacists are moving from community to general practice? Yes, of course. I mean, um, when you, as I said, our members um, do put a lot of um, you know effort in terms of like making sure that um, teams are, are are looked after, and and I know that many of them have um, put efforts in terms of like making sure that the, the pharmacists in their um, pharmacies are receiving relevant training and um, and you know a lot of them have bonded with the community um, and you know customers patients everybody um, knows them and then you know and, and and then when they move into a GP practice and, and a lot of times you know I've, I've asked why do they move into a GP practice when I speak to our members so why why do your pharmacists move to GP practice and the response that I'm getting is, you know, is 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 a variety of things. It's because 
Uh, or, um, you know, when you move to a GP practice, for example, you don't need to work on a Saturday. Uh, you don't have a Saturday rota, or, you know, you don't need to, um, you know, you you don't need to, for example, work uh, later than, um, you know, 5 p.m. Um, and, you know, and pharmacy has been going through a lot of challenges lately, particularly during the, the pandemic in terms of like, um, you know, the level of work and, uh, and, and so on. But, but in general, um, I think the, the grief here is not having the level playing field. Um, and, you know, when you see that, you know, another healthcare professional is, is getting paid to recruit um, pharmacists into general practice, um, it's, a, it's, it's a different matter. And, you know, it, it's not that our members don't want to, um, you know, put a lot of, um, you know, effort in terms of like making sure that, um, you know, we are, you know, doing everything that we can to make sure that our, our workforce uh, are satisfied. And as I said, a lot of them do that. However, some things are outside of our control. Um, some things, you know, it, you know, you, pharmacy in a lot of time, you know, many times are open on Saturdays, aren't they? Um, so, mm. and and we are there for patients. I mean, community pharmacy is is there to have to to be you know they're ready for patients so one thing that i always say is that you know it's not just about the clinical services and and other things that 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 we do in in, in community pharmacy but also the social aspect of things um being a shoulder for a lot of people with you know loneliness mental health issues you know to cry on and, and open up to and i'm sure you know you know jonathan you you probably have had patients coming into during your practice and you know, speaking about, you know, their family, about their family life, about everything. And as their local pharmacist, you kind of end up knowing everything about your patients. Um, and I think that's a unique relationship um, that we have. And, and you know, so when you, you know, when, when pharmacists have developed that sort of relationship and, and then when you lose that income in pharmacy is um, obviously not something that, is easy for our members or any community pharmacy owner that loses great staff. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I agree with your last comments there around, you know, the value of, of the local community pharmacist. But of course, there are moves that have happened in the market that have, have eroded, um, you know, sort of one owner, one pharmacy model. Um, and, and of course, the legislation in this country allows, well, in England, it allows internet pharmacies now, and 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 you know that that's a whole other problem. But but even in England, where you know, and up here to to a degree, a lot of the small multiples, many of your members, due to the low interest rates, will be, you know, they'll be talking to their bank managers and, and rapidly expanding, and actually, that's that's a problem. And I, I welcome your view on this because. You know, look at the extreme example in Scotland where a pharmacy expands and buys a really rural pharmacy that used to be run by the local person who lived in the local town, now owned by someone, uh, a company elsewhere, not necessarily one of the big multiples, maybe a small multiple. Um, what impact does that trend have on the value proposition that you've just described? Again, um, I, I can only speak, um, 
you know, based on my experience from our members. And I know that our members, you know, no matter how many pharmacies you have in your group, you have that independent ethos. And every one of their pharmacies is kind of, you know, has that sort of independent feeling to it. Um, and, and so this is, this is the experience that I have personally with the members that I represent, that, that they are very keen to ensure the independent ethos is there and that sort of individuality and, you know, and, and keeping that pharmacy part of the community and so on um, is, is there. Um, so to answer, to answer your question, it's, it's very much keeping within that independent and, and, you know, keeping close to that community um, as, as is. Um, so I don't know if I, if I've, if I've managed to, uh, to respond, to respond to your, to your question, but that's kind of the experience that I have working yeah. with, you know, with my members. I think it's tricky. I think the context to my questions is I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I am trying to probe a bit, Leila, so apologies for that in a way. Um, I mean, one of the things, I mean, look, look at, you know, what points of reference in terms of workforce can we look at? Well, we can look at, you know, what, what pharmacists say anecdotally. We can look at, you know, moves in pharmacist population. So I think it's pretty fair to say without remembering any of the references off the top of my head, um, that pharmacists are moving. There are a number of, there are a, a sizable number of pharmacists that are moving away from hospital pharmacy and community pharmacy, um, largely into PCN or primary care or general practice roles, whatever way you refer to it. But the other big thing that's happened in the market and or in pharmacy, and we'll maybe come on to speak about representation, um, is the rise of the of the of the pharmacist union, the, the pharmacist defence association? I mean, from memory, their their membership was like something like fourteen thousand back in twenty ten, and now, you know, uh, I hope I'm I'm not guessing wrong, but I believe it's over thirty one, thirty two thousand. So, what what does that rise in membership say about how pharmacists are feeling and the relationship between pharmacist and employer, given that you've said that the vast majority of pharmacists are employed? And also, I suppose a question off the back of that is, do you think, based on the work that um, the, the PDA do, do you think the unionisation of the pharmacist profession is a good thing? I don't really know in terms of like um, if if um, if I have enough kind of expertise in that area to be commenting um, around that, uh, Jonathan. I think um, mm -hmm. I kind of and obviously we do have uh, the Royal Pharmaceutical Society as well that represents um, the pharmacy, you know, profession and pharmacists, and so. Um, I think you know, in terms of like the ratio of membership um, with the RPS and the Pharmacy Defence Association, you know, how that plays and how that looks like, um, I guess it would be something interesting to to look at. And also, I think in terms of like the unions, um, my um, understanding, and again, um, please forgive me because I'm not 
um, that much, you know, I'm not an expert in, in, in the subject and I haven't done a lot of reading around that, um, uh, around the, you know, the particular union side of things. But I, my understanding is that it's mainly to do with some of the national um, multiple corporates. Um, so, um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know how I can comment around that. I think I would very much like to see, um, you know, figures in terms of like, um, because obviously that we have to also remember that, um, you know, pharmacists do need to have an insurance and indemnity to practice. Um, and um, and obviously you you do need to get that um, from an organisation, and I think um, the PDA offer that indemnity insurance for um, pharmacists, and um, and so uh, you know it's something that um, many take up. Mm -hmm. How many how many more representation or representative bodies? do you think community pharmacy needs? Hmm. I, I think it's very difficult to say, you know, to, to pick a number. I think it's to do with how effective the job is done. Um, I think we, we get too preoccupied in terms of like, you know, talking about we've got so many organizations here and there, but I think we should really be more, um, you know, we should be focused on seeing how the job is 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 getting done. Um, I do believe that you know obviously our sector needs a much greater unity and um, you know working together and and bringing things together and and you know over the past um, years we we have been kind of uh, looking at some of the you know common agendas for everybody um, and pushing you know pushing those forward um, as a sector. Um, I think more needs to be done as always. Um, and, um, you know, in terms of like looking at areas where um, we have commonality, but there are also um, areas that, you know, we differ. So um, again, coming back to business aspect of, of, of things. So a business model of an independent pharmacist is different to a business model of a national multiple. We have to be alert to that, that, you know, whilst we do have a lot of commonalities, there are also things that are different. and while some things may be important for one part of the sector, it may not be as important for the other part of the sector. So there needs to be, you know, effective uh, representation to make sure that um, our, you know, voices are, are, are heard um, properly. And, you know, one thing that we have, you know, that is not exactly in common with GPs is that GP practices across the country are very much similar. So, um, but pharmacy has various different business models. And sometimes when I hear when people talk about we need to be more like the GP land and, and so on, I think we do need to also, yes, there are commonalities, there are things that we need to absolutely be united on, but there are also things that are different and we need to be alert to that, that we have different business models across various parts of the sector um, and different you know, priorities. Um, and we just need to be, you know, and it's there. I mean, you know, like it or not, it's there. So we kind of need to be prepared to um, accept that. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Um, I, uh, a few years ago, I was offered a pharmacy to, to, um, to purchase. 
up in this area. And um, for one reason or another, I mean, farmsteading practice was, was just getting started. And for one reason, reason or another, I decided against it. But if the opportunity came up, would you buy a pharmacy in England? Well, the opportunity came up, to be honest, some, <laughs> some years ago. And um, and I, um, I, I, I chose um, not to do so because at that time it wasn't the right thing for me. Um, mm-hmm. I was um, thinking about um, moving and, and, and so on. And so um, it was not, not the, the right opportunity for me. I think community pharmacy has um, a lot to offer. It does have a lot to offer. I think as, we, as the population ages, as we kind of becoming more service orientated, um, but also, you know, our, our role in supplying of medicines, which I consider as a clinical service. And, and then I get very upset when I hear in the media that someone talks about putting a label on a package and that's what pharmacists do. I mean, it's, um, you know, it, it is a clinical service, um, checking the prescription clinically and making sure it's the right. Uh, how many times have we been in a situation where the medicine hasn't been correct and we have to call the doctor and just get it changed or, um, you know, getting something else uh, prescribed or, or, or the instructions changed. So it's, it's not, you know, sometimes people degrade that side of the, the role um, and it shouldn't mm-hmm. be the case. Um, but I think as our profession changes, as we move forward to, for example, independent prescribing and 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 embracing more um, services and becoming more um, even more visible to 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 patients um, and so on, I think community pharmacy has a lot to offer, and I think that that combined with um, you know embracing technology, um, and I and I'm you know I'm keen to say that. Um, technology will need to be, um, you know, it can only, obviously technology can, can be costly, but it has to be, um, you know, in a way that um, doesn't, you know, become a burden for mm-hmm. uh, whoever is operating it. And also uh, it's in line with the pace that the patients uh, want to move, um, not forced. Um, so, um, I think as as we embrace technology, as we become more clinical um, in in what we're offering, uh, as we you know get uh, independent prescribing coming in, and um, you know I, I see community pharmacy being you know an attractive an attract an attractive um, you know model definitely, and I think um, you know pandemic has shown us that there's a you know there's definitely a need for um, having pharmacists uh, pharmacists present. Um, mm-hmm. and, 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 and brick and mortar. And that's something that obviously we are keen as an organization um, to highlight that, um, you know, pharmacy has definitely its place in communities and, um, and um, on high streets. I think, I think we, um, we really agree on the importance of the technology on one side. Yeah. Um, no, we coined, we coined the, the phrase technocytical care as an evolution of pharmaceutical care. So mm. any technological solution that, that emerges for, for that involves pharmacy practice, I, I think that, that needs a lot of thought and needs pharmacist involvement. That would be my view on that. Um, but yeah, there's, there's lots of things that can, on the, you know, on the logistical side, that can increase 
um, efficiency and all the rest of it and, and, and boost the bottom line of a community pharmacy business. Independent yeah. prescribing is a bit more interesting. Um, and, and a shameless plug here, I suppose, I'm, I'm coming to the pharmacy show this year to talk to your members about um, the work that we're doing in that area uh, around micro-credentialing and so on and so forth. So that's that's exciting. Um, what we're, we're almost finished, but I mean, what, or could you describe examples of infrastructure or and or initiatives that your members or that AIM have come up with to to support pharmacist development and you know to try and make that pharmacist career journey from day one a more engaging and uh, attractive one. So there are a number of um, training initiatives that um, our members are involved with in terms of like um, you know with with, with their. Um, with with um, within their their businesses for uh, pharmacists, but also for their pharmacy teams, um, we are working on um, you know across the sector on the workforce development uh, through the workforce development group um, around how we can further make the community pharmacy career um, attractive to um, to to pharmacists and. Um, and you know, obviously, being very much um, alert to the challenges that are out there at the moment, and things within our sphere of influence that we could look into um, improving, whether it is uh, improvements. And I think um, the, the the I think it, it comes back to what we were talking about, uh, Jonathan, at the beginning of um, this session. In that, um, you know, as as a sector and as a profession. Um, we do need to feel at, at the end of the day everything comes back to you know being valued and you know for for what we do and i think you know a lot of times the lack of motivation uh, comes back to when as a profession we don't always get the recognition that we need we work really hard but that recognition you know by um people in higher positions and you know it is not there so i think if we would work on that more and get this sector better recognized and you know and, and start by actually valuing ourselves a bit more um as as a profession i think it could be a starting point it could be um something that you know could improve things in 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 the future um yeah. So that's 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 my view, and I, that's certainly something that um, I'm doing in, in in the work that I do with stakeholders and uh, with politicians and um, with media and, and and so on to put pharmacy as a profession as a sector um, across as this this knowledgeable healthcare professionals that are accessible and you know that know a lot of things and and you know kind of combat some of the misperceptions um that are out there about um about pharmacy um mm -hmm. because we are uh, you know you know on on community pharmacies is is, uh, is in communities and and you know as a you know as other kind of retails people kind of have this idea that well you know community pharmacy is just retail but you know but there's a lot of clinical stuff happening in there, and 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 so we need to kind of open up people's eyes to that more and more. It's interesting. I think I think the whole dynamic of I hope I'm not coming across as being 
sort of critical because you know it, it's like these conversations i see these conversations as like having conversations with your own family you know you, you 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 love them dearly so therefore you have to have the difficult conversations the same applies within our profession we need to understand it and you know i i do i get the whole we need to value ourselves more but there's more to it than that, I think. There's the, the structure and the infrastructure around the network, how it's funded. What we actually do is critical, I'm sure you agree. Um, and I just, I don't know, it's, it's, um, it's fascinating. I just find the whole thing fascinating because if, if we want to be valued more, then is it such a leap? You know, we are, what I'm trying to say is community pharmacies are businesses. So do we do we therefore have a right to be held in high high esteem? My my view on it would be that, and I, and I welcome your thoughts on this. You know, if you're a business and you deliver a value proposition, then people or um, a another customer, i.e. the NHS, is willing to buy. So are they are they actually telling us that they don't like the product so much and if that's the case how do we evolve um so on on that point can i just point out as well that gp surgeries are also businesses um so um and i think this is something that a lot of you know the, the public don't know so when i speak to people um they don't kind of they don't know that the local gp practice is also a business um but that's the reality it is um, so if if you look at our offering, I think you know again I'm I'm going back to the pandemic because because this was a period where everything kind of be, became much clearer in terms of like what community pharmacy is about, and you know it, it was about the resilience that the sector showed by staying open, going over and beyond, and you know providing care when you know um, when other others around us um, were, were 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 shut. Um, it's about um, you know the very fact that every patient survey that I read, and in fact, um, you know, someone was um, you know from Healthwatch was um, you know speaking at an event um, you know earlier this week, and I was listening to them, and they had done um, some surveys by patients in terms of like during the pandemic of services provided through community pharmacy, and that was absolutely positive, absolutely positive. I mean, over over eighty was it two percent of patients survey said that they received a great service from the local community pharmacy and they were extremely grateful for the fact that the sector stayed open and 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 delivered care um for particularly those patients who were um you know lonely and in need and and and, and we went over and beyond so i think our value proposition for the patients is there the challenges that we have as a sector is that how do we um, you know, you know, we know patients value us. We know what we are about and what we're doing. Um, but there needs to be, um, you know, that recognition uh, for our sector by the higher powers, and that's where we need to be um, focusing. I mean, you know, it's it's good to hear that community, you know, by by um, you know decision makers that community pharmacy has done a great job over the pandemic. We went over and beyond with the flu vaccination service. We went over and beyond with, uh, you know, um, delivering care to patients, and and the COVID vaccination service has 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 been going brilliantly through uh, pharmacy sites and so on. Um, but then again, it has to translate into rewards in terms of like how this sector is viewed. We know that we have a a, a big role to play in the whole prevention agenda 
right? We have a big role to play. I mean, the whole um, NHS long-term plan talks about uh, prevention and, and uh, you know, using, uh, you know, primary care to the best, um, you know, for, for, for the taxpayer and so on, getting the best value for the taxpayer and so on. So community pharmacy has a big role to play there. But the challenge that we have, particularly in England, is to, you know, to get over that, to get over that, um, some of the barriers that are not allowing us to get where we need to be. Um, and, and you know, in, in Scotland, um, things are, 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 are looking really good, aren't they? So there's some work to be done here, here in England. But I think I am confident that community pharmacy has a lot and has demonstrated that it, it's got a lot to offer um, to and, and that patients are definitely behind us. Very good, Leila. It's been it's been lovely to talk to you. The, the time has flown by. So to finish, what what's your um, what's your message to pharmacists thinking about working in community pharmacy? My message is that um, again, from my own perspective, I went into community pharmacy because I wanted to have that patient interaction. Um, I wanted to be there and and deliver care. I wanted to know about the people that I was um, serving and. Uh, and, and community pharmacy gave me that. Um, yes, at some sometimes it can be frustrating. Sometimes it can be challenging, um, particularly you know when we never know who's going to walk in through the door. We never know um, you know what sort of shortages we're going to be um, hit with. Things outside of our control. Um, but generally, um, it's it, it's a rewarding career, and um, we need to cherish it. And and we are the face of pharmacy. That's what public perception of pharmacy is um, a, a, a about uh, yeah about the profession so um, it's a very important part of um, our profession and it needs um, you know looked after looking after and it needs um, care and um, it needs to definitely uh, be be valued and and more recognized by by everyone perfect thank you Lena um, it's been lovely to talk to you. So I'll, again, shameless plug. I'll see you at the pharmacy show. And, yeah. Um, yeah. See you at the pharmacy show.